0: Hello and welcome to A Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and I'm just so thankful that you chose to download an episode today. Um, it's such a blessing to have you come along and uh, listen to this devotional podcast, and uh, I pray that God will just continue to draw you closer to Him. I prayed for you this morning, even though I didn't know who all of you all are, I've prayed that God will continue to give you a hunger and thirst for more of him and more of his word, and that um, you will just see more and more just how rich and full and living and active and uh, how applicable his word is uh, for you each day. Thank you for continuing to share about the podcast. Um, Thank you for those of you who have Uh, reached out or who have given words of encouragement, the Lord knows just when I need those. (laughs) And so I just thank you so much for that. And it's not um, for me, it's not for my ego, but just to to keep uh, confirming that I'm doing what he wants me to do. I truly believe that One of the biggest problems, uh, one of the saddest things in our world today is, especially among Christians, is biblical illiteracy. That we just take um, someone else's word for what the Bible says and we don't dig in ourselves. And and therefore, we don't know for ourselves what the truth says. Um, And so, there's no doubt that we need to hear someone Uh, talk about the word but that that always should be to direct us uh, to look to the word ourselves and so as always i would encourage you um, to not let this be the only time that you think about god's word today Um, uh, please read extra on your own or go back and reread and reread and reread that repetition will just get down in the depths of your heart and as the psalm says um, you can store up his word in the depths of your heart and so that we may not sin about uh, sin against him and so that we may know more of him and know the truth that is found in his word. So the word for this day for um, February the 10th of 2022 comes from Luke's Gospel chapter 2 beginning in verse 10 and it says, Uh, i'm reading from the esv and the angel said to them fear not for behold i bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people oh my there's so many good things in here as i as you hear me say all the time you know we think of this as just a, a a sweet little christmas verse um but there's just so much richness and so much fullness in this one little verse and so i'm excited for us to dig into this today you know we've talked about the author of luke's gospel before but we have not parked in the verse in luke's gospel uh before now we've we've uh read other um passages from luke's gospel. And I talked about his authorship of Luke's Gospel, um, I think on the 24th of January when we were in Acts. Um, but we'll review some of that today because it is just so important to know about the author and the context and the audience. And that just gives her, gives us just a, a fuller understanding with only through the help of the Holy Spirit that we're able to understand more and more of this. But um, we will talk a little bit more about Luke today. We know that he was a physician. We read that in uh, Paul's letters. Um, We know that he wrote two of the books that we see in the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke and the uh, Book of Acts. Luke doesn't come out and say that I, Luke, wrote. The Gospels, but the earliest church traditions hold that that he wrote this Gospel of Luke, and um, we know that he wrote, as I mentioned, um, Luke and Acts, and we also know that he was a physician. Paul said that in um, his letter to the Colossians in Colossians four fourteen it says, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you as, as does Demas. And so we see throughout Acts and some of the other letters that Luke was a, a close personal traveling companion and physician um, for Paul. Um, we know that um, Luke was the only Gentile writer of any of the New Testament, which is very interesting and um, As such, I think he took very um, keen interest in um, the way Jesus treated Gentiles and even women and tax collectors and children, and you see that um, very well described in his gospel. He has some of the most details surrounding um, Jesus' birth, you know, with the shepherds and the angels, um, the angel coming to Mary, the angel coming to Zechariah, and uh, compared to the other gospels, there just it just seems to have a fuller, deeper um, telling or account of these and And he tells in in the opening of his gospel, Luke chapter one, it says, inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of of the word have delivered them to us it seemed good to me also having followed all the things closely for some time past to write an orderly account for you most excellent theophilus that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught so luke tells us that he was not an eyewitness but he gathered the information and he talked with people who were um, eyewitnesses and And then he made this orderly account or this narrative to tell Theophilus, who um, we're not sure if Theophilus was um, a pseudonym for someone. It says most excellent, and the thought is that he may have been some dignitary, perhaps in a Roman government, um, and that could have been a a pseudonym. Um, But the neat thing, and I mentioned this before, in um, in the January 24th episode, Theophilus. Theo means God. Philos means love. So Theophilus means lover of God. So if that was just this person's name or if Luke wrote that knowing that Uh, inspired by the holy spirit knowing that many years and centuries down the road there would be other lovers of god us we believers um who would um need this narrative as well and so it's kind of neat when you look at it that way so that's how luke opened his first book and then we see um The second book that he wrote, it's kind of like the sequel. It's the continuation. You know, Luke's gospel, it talks about Jesus's earthly ministry here on earth. And then Acts uh, picks up after um, Jesus was crucified. And if we read in Acts chapter one, and we'll see, I'm trying to get there while I'm talking. He opens Acts chapter 1, verse 1, saying, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. luke opened up the book of acts and then he goes to give this wonderful church history of the early church um about paul and his missionary journeys and peter and silas and barnabas and um lots of things that we have cross cross references to in some of paul's letters and um so luke wrote a a big chunk of the new testament as did paul but if you go by actual chapters and verses um, luke has has a huge amount in there as well and so he gives a very orderly account as we mentioned before we know he was a physician and um, he gave a lot of detail and especially about illness and and sicknesses and that sort of thing and um, it's just a pleasure to read and just a joy to read And I want to mention this again, because I think, you know, when I was a young Christian, young student of the word, um, I just assumed that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were all disciples who walked with Jesus while he was here on the earth. Um, But Matthew and John were the only of the gospel writers who we think uh, were original disciples, the original apostles, the original twelve. And Luke got his information from talking with these eyewitnesses and um, I just want to confirm that with you when we pop over to Luke chapter 6 verse 13 beginning in uh, verse 13 and it says when day came he which was Jesus called his disciples and chose from them 12 whom he named apostles Simon whom he named Peter and Andrew his brother and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James the son of Alphaeus and Simon who was called the Zealot, and Judas the son of James and Judas Iscariot who became a traitor, and see Luke is not mentioned there. So it's just good to try to get this set in your mind, um, and just think of what a blessing, what a blessing it it was that God allowed a Gentile writer um, to write one of the most beloved Gospels. Of course, I love all the words and all the verses, and I hope you'll be able to say that as well. Um, but there are so many things in Luke. I, I just love his his account of the birth of Jesus and the events surrounding that. And so for our verse of the day, um, we had, if you back up at the beginning of Luke, um, as we mentioned, it talks about, um, the birth of Jesus being foretold the birth of John. Well, starting with the birth of John the Baptist foretold and, um, and then the birth of Jesus being foretold where, uh, Gabriel comes and talks to the young Virgin Mary and, uh, tells her she's going to have a son and his name will be Jesus. And, um, and then Zechariah's, um, song or his prophecy after his son john is born and we've talked about these in previous episodes and then we get up to the actual birth of jesus which begins in luke chapter 2 and many of us know this because we've heard it all of our life the first eight verses of luke talk about the decree went out from caesar augustus that all the world should be taxed and mary went up with joseph and Um, To Bethlehem to be registered and she was due to have a baby and the time came for her to be delivered and she delivered the baby in um, in she delivered her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there wasn't any room for him in the inn and then we pick up to verse 8 which leads us into our verse for the day and it says and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And I'm going to keep reading. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And so that was the good news. That was the good news that... um that was told to the shepherds unto you is born this day um in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord i must have to say how neat it is and this is totally a god thing this is not a me thing because i i would not have had the ability to pull all of this together on my own um but think about how we talked about jonah yesterday that salvation belongs to the lord salvation being saved Jonah was sent to Gentile nation, um, kind of a foreshadowing that um, all, you know, everyone could be saved through this uh, Messiah that was coming. And here we're talking about the uh, the birth announcement um, when this actually happened. And so when you look at it from that, um, from that lens, and then even the day before that where we talked about, or um, by grace you have been saved through faith it's that believing and not of yourselves and then tomorrow's verse um you'll find out what it is tomorrow but it talks about salvation and so it's very i think god is just um continuing to impress upon this what he has done for us and just and I hope you will be able to see just how it's woven through the Scripture from the Old Testament to the Gospels to the letters and um, just all the way through because it's a, it's God's story. It's um, what He had planned for us so that we could have a life with Him forever. And I hope that just gets you so excited just all the way down to your toes. So as I have mentioned before, and I'll probably say it, Um, with almost every episode until the Lord tells me to stop doing this, um, context is critical. And so when we look at our verse and it says, and the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. You have to say to yourself, well, who is them? Well, them are the shepherds. (laughs) So if we back up and it says in verse eight, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And so, um, you know, it's just really um, neat to me and kind of hard to understand, on one hand, um, why God chose the shepherds to make the most important birth announcement ever in the history of the world, too. Um, He chose these lowly shepherds who were out there tending their sheep, taking care of their flock. And I've thought about this, and of course, there's no way that I can know um, what God's whole purpose was for picking the shepherds. Um, But I do know, based on other scriptures, that um, he shepherds us uh, like a flock. And so I think he has a a tender place um, in his heart, and he sees shepherds in a tender way, and Um, He knew exactly who those shepherds were. He knew exactly um, how they would spread the message of what they had seen. Um, We know that David talks about the Lord being his shepherd. In Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, We read in Matthew chapter 2, Matthew uh, quoted a um, prophecy from the book of Micah. In um, Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, and it says, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then, if we pop over to John chapter 10, John chapter 10, uh, in verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And there's a whole wonderful description in in the chapter, John chapter 10, verses 1 through, um, oh, I guess 18, um, that talks about what a shepherd does and what Jesus did for us. But um, that is just so rich and deep to think that Jesus, the great shepherd, the good shepherd, laid his life down for us. And so the angels were sent to the shepherds not to the highest-ranking dignitaries or or uh, the king or anyone like that. Went, they went to the shepherds, and that's where God sent them. And I've read that the shepherds were not held in very high regard. You know, even when um, Joseph, way back in the Old Testament in Genesis, um, he had been sold into slavery by his brothers, and um, God used that to uh, allow him to be able to help his family later when there was a famine. You can find that at the end of Genesis and kind of in the, I think it's somewhere in the chapters 30s into the 40s, somewhere in there. Um, <clears throat> but he talks about when he was finally able to bring his family over, he told his brothers, he said, tell uh, Pharaoh that you were shepherds uh, because the shepherds are an abomination to the Egyptians. And basically, he said that so that the Egyptians would leave them alone and let them have the land of Goshen by themselves. Um, But there was something about shepherds that made them be seen as um, the lowly um, in the workforce. And I don't know all the details in the history about that. Uh, but I do know that God's ways are not our ways, and His ways are higher than our ways, and His wisdom is higher than our wisdom. And um, so He He usually goes to the lowly and the outcast and the most unlikely uh, to do His work. And uh, so it's just neat to me that these magnificent heavenly beings would be sent to tell this to the shepherds. And then the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Now, I want to stop there for just a minute, because when you look up what good news means, um, the Greek of that, if you look it up in the interlinear Bible, it will say, and I'm going to spell the or say the transliteration, It's euangelizo, and in the middle of that, it's E-U-A-N-G-E-L-I-Z-O. Do you hear that angel, A-N-G-E-L, in the middle there? And that is um, a message, a good message, a good news, and it was brought by a messenger, which was an angel. And that's where the root of good news comes from. And the other really neat thing I want to show you is when you see gospel, the word gospel, the gospel that's in um, in the New Testament, it has a very similar root. It's euangelion. It's u e u a n g e l i o n. So there's only um, just like uh, two letters different there. But the beginning root is, is the same. So the gospel is the good news. And this good news was brought by the angels. And this good news is that a Savior has been born into the world, uh, a Savior that came for everyone. John three sixteen For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then in Romans chapter 1, Uh, Verse 16, Paul was saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, so for everyone. And then in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. That's why the angel says it's good news, it's the gospel of great joy and what is joy? You know, um, it's not just happiness. Happiness depends on your situation. Joy can is down in the depths of you. Um, our family does a Friday night movie night um, with our three boys, and we have been so blessed by having that family time, um, and we look forward to it. But we do something different than our regular Bible reading with the boys on the Friday night movie night. We usually watch a video devotion, and one of the videos we was watch- we were watching um, talked about joy, and they explained it to the children that it's a it's not a chocolate chip cookie joy. It's not somebody gives you a chocolate chip cookie and you're happy and it goes away as soon as it's eaten. Joy is like a big warm hug. One definition is a calm delight, or the rational prospect of possessing what we love or desire, and and it's that it's it has an element of hope in it, and that's what we see with this gift of salvation that came from the Savior. It's that knowing that there's um, that delight, that calm delight, that even when things don't look the best in our current situation there's something better and it will happen by faith psalm sixteen eleven says you make known to me the path of life in your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures evermore and Psalm 511 says, But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exalt you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with the shield. Oh, friend, I hope you've been able to see as we've thought about this today that this good news, this gospel is full of great joy Um, Not just for the whole world, but for you and for me and for anyone who believes. Um, And the way we know that, friend, is that um, it's in God's word. So I would just encourage you to read God's word, to study God's word, to live God's word, and to share God's word. And I want to close today with uh, some portions of Psalm 95, beginning in verse 1. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Blessings to you, friend. Until next time.